You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. There's so many positives and negatives on both sides of it, and which one works best for your program. You know, obviously, like you said, we're going to get a little bit more winter development, probably a little bit, you know, more of a chance to get some of these younger guys ready to compete in spring. You know, if you start earlier, obviously, there's carryover from the season before, so that there's not as much teaching right away, and there's time to, you know, recover for some injuries. So I, I think that there's there's pros and cons no matter how you do it. We've never done it this late I don't think so I'll be interested to kind of see you know if this one pays off or you know if the other way is better but we were kind of our hand was kind of forced this year just because of all the the COVID and those kind of things but uh, I I can't sit here and say I like it or don't like it I'm just I'm just ready to kind of get to it and see if it you know if it benefits us and welcome here to this Husker online show Sean Callahan Robin Washett later we'll hear from Nate Klaus and that was defensive coordinator Eric Shenander, Robin. I had a chance to talk to him uh, this week for close to an hour. We talked about a lot of things, and that coverage will be exclusive on Husker Online. Uh, but that was just part of our conversation um, that you'll hear more of. But obviously big news. Winter conditioning started this week. Um, classes started at UNL, kind of. I mean, the snow kind of had other uh, plans. But the big news came as classes started. Three Husker players officially went in the portal. Quarterback Luke McCaffrey. Offensive lineman Will Farniak and wide receiver Cade Warner. And, you know, it, it kind of continues the trend of, of transfer news that's happened. Wandell Robinson was the other big piece this offseason um, that moved out. And then you had the Florida kids that were more victims of COVID and, and the, the situation of 2020 and, and just the obstacles they dealt with. But um, when anybody leaves Nebraska, especially quarterbacks and high profile names, guys with last names, Cade Warner, the son of Kurt Warner, he's a captain. Luke McCaffrey, the backup quarterback to Adrian Martinez, the son of the great Ed McCaffrey and brother of Christian, it's going to draw attention. And like it or not, you you can we can look into this any way we want to, Robin. We could say, you know, these guys are number two, number threes in the depth chart. They weren't going to play. They're leaving for playing time. And I, we both believe that's the case. The the perception and the beating Nebraska took over this was was pretty rough. Well, and a lot of that just comes down to uh, the fact that these are guys that were appointed as high profile players by the coaching staff. I mean, Scott Frost said Luke McCaffrey was the future for Nebraska at quarterback. They made uh, Cade Warner a captain and, you know, had him as one of the guys that would come and do press conferences and speak after games and really put him front and center of, as one of the voices of the team. And when those, and obviously Wandale being Wandale, when those types of guys leave, it's different than your normal, you know, Will Farniox or, or whoever it may be, uh, guys that, you know, you can understand why they would try to pursue opportunities somewhere else to get a better chance to play. I mean, these guys were playing, and they are playing a lot, and they were placed in, like I said, a high position of leadership in this team. And, you know, when, when those types of guys leave, uh, legacy or not, uh, you know, they that that's, makes you take a, a, a second gla- glance a little bit about what maybe the, the bigger problem going on is that's causing these guys to leave. And I think the bigger issue in the question is, is there a divide in this program? Is there a divide in this team? And you, know, you talk to insiders and you talk to people and 
you know, I think the younger players, the first, second year guys in the program now, and then there's another group coming in. That group all seems to be on the same page, but the older guys that were here three, four, and five years, I mean, those seem to be the guys that didn't want to play in the bowl game. Those seem to be the guys that are transferring and moving out. I mean, the entire offense is pretty much being overhauled Mm -hmm. other than Adrian Martinez. Um, You look at Wandell, Diedrich Mills, Matt Farniak, Brennan Hymas, Cade Warner, um, some big names, Jack Stahl. Guys are just moving on, Bo Wilson. So the defense we know is going to be set. They got everybody back. Eric Shenander is very optimistic about his crew. But I I think this offense and and what went wrong – how did we get to this point where you tried to make everybody happy by figuring out ways to feature Wandell more, figuring out ways to feature Luke more and work him in even when he wasn't the starter. But in the end, nobody left Lincoln happy. No one is happy with how things went last year, what their roles were because they've left. And I get it. If you're a McCaffrey, dude, McCaffrey's don't go somewhere to sit for four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a, a football name. And that family is not going to sit somewhere and wait and now his brother Dylan waited quite a while at Michigan, but I think once he got sniffed that Joe Milton was going to get the job over him because they hired a new coordinator at Michigan, he put his name in the portal. And I think realistically, Luke knew he wasn't going to beat out Adrian. And one of these two quarterbacks, Robin, was going to leave. I, I really, truly believe that. If a, if Luke held on to the job and finished out the year well, I think Adrian's leaving. Mm-hmm. So that's the reality of this portal. If you are a quarterback that's invested a lot into making yourself a better quarterback and put a lot of time into that, you're not going to sit somewhere for four years and wait. You want to try to go somewhere now because that's just the reality of how sports are for everyone these days. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just the name of the game. I mean, it's a time in collegiate sports where the student-athletes have never had more leverage than they do right now. And if they... Uh, are unhappy with their situation or see that there might be a better opportunity somewhere else uh, to, you know, take their, their profile, their game to the next level. They have (laughs) more opportunities to do that than ever before, where uh, not only is there the transfer portal, not only is, uh, you know, the, that part of the game becoming like a new element of recruiting, uh, but with the pending uh, one-time transfer rule, it's going to be easier than ever. And so uh, that's just something that fans are going to have to get used to. I mean, the idea of keeping a quality backup for four years who uh, is just going to ride it out and, you know, be the, the, the Brooke Barringer who is going to be there when you need him. That's just not the case. Anymore. Even Mac Jones at Alabama, that's such a unique deal. It, it just doesn't happen. And so, and it's not, it's going to be fewer and fewer uh, going forward once that, that transfer rule gets put into place. And so, I mean, it's basically like, I'm not even like numb. I'm numb to it at this point because of just dealing with basketball. I mean, basketball transfers have been going crazy for years and now it's spread into football to where it's becoming the norm now where guys are going to just, uh, you know, trade places here and there. And you're going to have to try to revamp your roster every year with not only incoming recruits, but, uh, you know, with the eligibility that's going on over the next couple of years. And then obviously with transfers, uh, it's just an entirely different animal that programs and coaches are going to have to deal with in terms of managing a roster. Well, and it gets magnified even more in Nebraska when things like this happen, because number one, there's a large media group. There's a very passionate fan base on social media and national media likes to chime in on Nebraska because it, it gets engagement. It gets traffic. So it just, you know, Notre Dame, little known fact, Notre Dame's had 10 guys in the transfer portal this off season. Texas is at 17. I mean, it's everywhere. Northwestern yes. has seven. There's just as many as Nebraska. So yeah, yes, Nebraska has had a lot of guys go on the portal, other than Wandell Robinson, I don't see anybody that's gone in the portal 
that wasn't natural attrition. Cade Warner had nine balls thrown to him this year with five catches. Mm-hmm. And I still, I mean, he was a great respected guy in the locker room, but it was an interesting choice to make an underclassman that really wasn't one of your better players a captain over a senior. I mean, I think it's also a reminder of it's kind of dangerous to name underclassmen captains mm-hmm. because it creates complications for the future. Nebraska has one returning captain now for next year, and that's Adrian, and obviously he'll be a captain next year, but every other captain's moved on. Matt Farniak uh, has moved on, obviously. Cade Warner, Colin Miller retired from the game, and then DiCaprio went pro. So we'll have a fresh group of leadership. But, yeah, this is a big offseason, Robin, a big winter, a big spring for Nebraska football. Well, and you can kind of understand why Nebraska's taking the kind of drawn-out offseason uh, as opposed to – uh, playing the spring game during its normal time, they're pushing that back, and not only that, they're they're extending the length uh, from the calendar length of spring ball for one because they need to get a full winter conditioning in, especially with fourteen early enrollees. Uh, I mean, that's that's a huge part uh, of this offseason. It's the first step and one of the biggest steps. And then you give yourself a spring where you're able to kind of space things out, uh, not overwhelm guys. You know, try to manage as much as you can. And then May first, you're having your spring game, and I think. That that makes you send your kids home for a break and they come back in June. Yeah, and then you, you yeah you limit that break uh, between spring and summer when they're coming back for for summer workouts and so uh, I think that's a the perfect way to go about it. I mean, obviously it's a continuation of a whole disrupted schedule uh, going back to the fall, but uh, I think I, I like Nebraska's approach and yeah, uh, getting a full winter conditioning in was a top priority for them because they understand that's where the tone gets set for a a huge critical next you know, five to six months of trying to rebuild the culture of this program after all this, you know, turbulence and guys, high profile guys leaving. And uh, I mean, trying to reunify this team, if there is such a divide that some people think there is, I mean, that's where it starts getting guys together in 14 straight weeks. Exactly. For, for as much as possible and just try to, you know, reunify this thing. All right. So it'll be eight weeks of winter conditioning followed by one off week, then five straight weeks of spring ball with the spring game on May one. And then the players will go into finals week and get some downtime in May. So it's going to be a very busy uh, next few months, but you would think the uh, transfer news at least has settled down for the time being, at least on key names. So uh, when we come back, uh, we'll continue our opening headlines discussion. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show.